Do not skip this ad. I know it's really easy to skip them. This is one you do not want to skip. So this is Kristen from the podcast, also from kristenandchill.com, also known as The Banter Coach. And I am offering the most insane, almost stupidly cheap deal for my banter bundle. My banter bundle has helped hundreds and hundreds of men get dates when they've never gotten dates in the past get girlfriends when they've never gotten girlfriends in the past, and even gotten some engagements and two confirmed weddings. So if you want to be part of this special club, take advantage of what I'm about to offer you. I usually charge $650 for the banter bundle, which is three super intense sessions where we get your skills where they need to be so that you can charm more than just your socks off. And today I am cutting that price from $650 to $350. And just so you know the value, there is literally no one else in the world offering this kind of specialized coaching. So take advantage of my kind heart and generosity and get your skills to where they need to be so you can start getting the ladies. Go to kristenandchill.com, find the banter tab, click on the banter bundle, and at checkout, use the promo code banter on the cheap. I'm only doing this offer for August and September, so get it in now. That's what she said. Don't get yourself on a waiting list. Do it now. Again, that's kristenandchill.com, and I will see you there. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we talk about performance in the bedroom and performance anxiety, which we all have. And actually on this show, we discussed how everybody has this. Men, women, young people, old people, we all feel that pressure to be masters in the bedroom. But our guest, Alex Grundy, talks to us today about how to alleviate that pressure and actually relax yourself so that you can become a calm, connected lover that women are dying to sleep with over and over again. So keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source, women. I am Kristen Carney, one of your hosts from kristenandchill.com, along with Marnie Kinris, your other host from winggirlmethod.com. And today we're going to be talking about performance anxiety. And no, not performance anxiety when it comes to your job, but your job in the bedroom. And we're going to be doing that with a very, very well spoken, handsome, smart, intelligent sex coach. And his name is Alex Grundy. And he specializes in helping men overcome performance issues in the bedroom, et cetera. And so we're excited to talk about this because we haven't really talked about performance anxiety in the bedroom so much. We've talked about like ED and things like that. Yeah. More specifics. But yeah, now this is like the grander story, right? Which I think touches so many people. It touches women and touches men or maybe not touches, but like it affects men and women, whether you've been in a long-term relationship or you're single or you haven't been single for a long time, like this is a thing that goes through most people's heads. So Alex, I'm happy to have you here today. Thanks for for coming on and talking with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. So can you just give us a little bit of info about you and how and why you are the expert to listen to about performance anxiety? Yeah, sure. I mean, first things first, I've experienced every single performance anxiety there is. So everything Mm -hmm. from premature ejaculation to erectile dysfunction to prolonged ejaculation to penis size shame. So everything there is, I've had. And it's coming from someone who, you know, I'm very blessed in the sense that I've always had a lot of opportunity to be with women, but that doesn't mean I always enjoyed it or didn't feel anxiety and fear. So ever since my first sexual interaction, I experienced performance anxiety. And in in that moment, I experienced erectile dysfunction. And that's just something that carried all throughout my high school and into my 20s. And for me, it was something I always needed to medicate with marijuana or alcohol, like I always need an excuse to to try and perform. And there were times where I did okay, but most of the time, just in general, I was afraid to have sex. You know, I was nervous about what she was going to think or if I was big enough or what she's going to tell her friends about me. So whether that was with new partners or with a partner that I really like, it was always there. It was always in my mind. Do you know why it was always there? I think there's a lot of reasons. I think society and just kind of what we're fed through mainstream media and porn. I mean, like American Pie came out when I was 12 years old, like right Right. before I was going to start, you know, really getting intimate with women, 13, 14, 15. And it was like, if you have premature ejaculation, you're the biggest loser in your school. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of pressure, you know, thinking, wait, if people find out about this, if I have sex with someone... And I was a popular kid. And if something goes wrong, the whole school is going to know that I'm bad at sex. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. So there's a pressure. Then I was exposed to porn when I was like in second grade. We found porn magazines at my friend's house. And it was like, I was bringing in centerfolds. My cubby. I had a cubby at that time. Like, that's how young I was. And I'm looking at men with these giant penises thinking like, yeah, I can't even masturbate yet. And I'm, I'm like, I don't have a penis like that. Right. So then there's the pressure of comparing yourself to porn and porn stars. And that was like a crippling fear as well. So I think there's really good reasons why men have performance anxiety. Yeah. Like there's this expectation that we're just supposed to be amazing in bed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you watch Sex in the City, the main character's name is Big. Right. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, is that right. real? You know? Yeah. And you have episodes dedicated to like just shaming men. Oh, he has a small penis. Like, get rid of him. Oh, he had premature ejaculation. You know, get rid of him. So I'm not shocked at why men experience performance anxiety in the bedroom. It's scary, you know? Yeah, it's scary for both sides. But it's so interesting to hear from the male perspective that that goes on. Because from the female perspective, as you just said, I think many women think men are just supposed to know what to do in the bedroom, right? You forget that somebody else is inexperienced. But I remember always thinking it. My boyfriend, who was the first person I had sex with when I was, how old was I, like 18, 17? I had sex late. But 
he was a year older than me. And I always was like, he just knows how to do everything. Because in, in, at that time, he was also more experienced than I was. So I was like, he just knows. He's the leader. So I don't have to think about anything. I can have my own anxieties over here, but he's got this covered. He should know what to do. So it's interesting to, to hear that a lot of guys go through this. So what did you do with all of this performance anxiety? Like, how did you go from my high performance anxiety to now I'm overcoming it and now I'm going to help other people with their performance anxiety? Yeah. So sobriety was a huge thing for me. Like I was never a big drinker, but I smoked marijuana every day for years. So that was like the way that I... That doesn't help with performance, does it? Not really. No. I mean, it helped me disconnect. So I could kind of think of other things and get through it in a different way. But once I stopped smoking, I was like, whoa, I have a lot of insecurities, a lot of issues that I've been kind of just glazing over. So once I started to kind of go on a self-help journey of really understanding myself, connecting to my body in a new way, taking care of my body and my mind and health, it took me down this path of then understanding things like Taoism and Tantra and yoga and all these different things. And I just realized like, oh, wow, there are ways that these ancient methods that people have been doing for thousands of years to increase their sexual experience, to have better sex, to have longer sex, to experience full body pleasure. And I was just like, I want that, you know? So I just kind of went down a rabbit hole of trying to learn as much as I could. And I was reading all these books, learning all these things, and kind of wasn't getting anywhere. All of these topics were in my consciousness and I was excited about it. But when I tried to use them, and implement them, nothing was happening. Like I was getting blue balls or it just wasn't working for me. And it wasn't until I heard that there was even such thing as a sex coach. You know, my friend told me and I was like, what the hell is that? You know, and then I worked with a sex coach and I was someone who had had a lot of sexual experience, a lot of different partners, but not a lot of amazing experiences. And as soon as I worked with a sex coach, I realized I knew nothing about sex, you know, despite all of that. Oh, interesting. Like, tell me a little bit about that, of like not knowing anything. Like, how were you having sex before compared to like what what your enlightened version is now? Yeah, think of before was everything was in my head. It was all about performance. It was about like getting a job done, completing a task right? It wasn't about optimizing my own pleasure. It wasn't about optimizing theirs. It was like, how do I just either get through it or like make it pass, make it acceptable? Like, and that's a lot of pressure, right? Like Mm -hmm. being in a performance mindset versus being totally relaxed, totally connected to myself, to my body, to my partner. It's night and day. So even just like the smallest thing of of being connected to your breath during sex is like infinitely different than, you know, the really bad sex advice of like, oh, if you just want to last longer, like count the tiles on the wall, you know, that's completely disconnecting from your partner. Your partner is going to be like wanting to check her phone if you're counting the tiles on the wall, right? Like, right. And I've been in situations like that where I'm like, sex is boring. 
because I'm so disconnected, really? but I didn't know it. So then when you get connected, it's a whole new world. Like, what was I even doing before? You know, like. So how do you do that? How do you go from being completely disconnected to being connected? Yeah, I mean, it's a process, right? I take men through like a three month process to really figure this out. But it starts with, you know, regulating your nervous system and being able to understand when you're in stress. And like so many men are going to be, you know, maybe if they're using your advice and they're getting on a date and they're at dinner and they're like, the date's going amazing and they're about to get the check, they can tell the woman wants to go home with him. He's already terrified. Yeah. You know, he's thinking, oh shit, tonight's the night she wants to have sex with me for the first time. What am I going to do? And if you're able to regulate your nervous system in those moments and you have skills and knowledge and you're confident, then you can start to relax. And then you can start to connect to your breath in those moments and remind yourself like, ah, like I got this, you know, instead of going into a panic. So is that part of where the calmness comes from? So there's obviously breathing techniques, there's meditation techniques. Is information part of the calmness? Like educating yourself on your body, their body, is is that a huge part of it as well? 100%. Sex is a learned skill. That is 100%. Anyone can become amazing at sex if they want to and they try to. And part of this process first is nervous system regulation, but then it's understanding your body, connecting to your body in a different way, right? If you grew up just watching porn and masturbating to porn and your only perception of pleasure is ejaculation, like that's what you're going to go to during sex. I'm just trying to ejaculate. And when you rewire that and start to feel pleasure all over your body, start to touch things outside of your genitals, breathe consciously so you're moving the energy, you start to feel pleasure in a completely different way. And okay. Once you learn that with yourself, you can start to do that with partners. So, okay. So for the guys that are listening right now, right? So some guys are single, not having sex, going to have sex. Some guys have been in a sexless marriage for a long time, newly divorced back out there. Some guys are in their seventies or sixties, haven't had sex in a long time, scared to have sex again, because now they're having sex as a 60 or 70 year old with, with new things that are popping up. So for those guys who are listening, like how do we get them, like what's the first exercise for them to do so that they get more comfortable with their body and just more comfortable with the idea of sex at whatever stage they're in? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's hard to start with that because like I said, there's like this process and I take, especially like the first four weeks to five weeks, there's very clear steps to getting there. And I can just kind of lay out those steps. Please. Yeah. So yeah, first is that nervous system regulation. So if you're constantly in stress all day, every day, because of your job or you're not dealing with your problems, like you're not just magically going to be like, oh, it's time for sex. I'm ready and I'm relaxed. It just doesn't work that way. So you need to be able to reduce your stress throughout your entire life. You know, it's not just 10 minutes in the morning for meditation and then I stay stressed for the rest of the day. Like, what do you do when any sort of stressful situation comes your way? Do you have the tools to 
slow down, connect, and recenter. So that's like baseline. You need to know how to connect back to your body, right? So if you're stressed yeah. and you're thinking, oh my God, I so much work to do, and like it's putting you in a spin, that is you in your head. And the one way, the only way I know how to truly get back into my body is to connect to my breath. So the more you can be back in your body, the less stressed you'll be, the better position you'll be to feel pleasure. Because when you're stressed, you don't feel pleasure. It's just not mm -hmm. possible. Totally. You're, you're not like going to get an erection when you're in crippling fear. Yeah. It is interesting that you're saying that because breathing for me lately is such a huge tool. I use it in parenting. I use it with my own anxieties. And I used to use it a long time ago and I forgot about it. I think I haven't breathed properly in the past five or six years because I've been like, go, 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 go. But I have been reminded recently in my own coaching for myself that if my head goes into a tailspin, like literally just stopping, recognizing that, breathe in and breathe out, it just calms your nerve. And I'm sure Kristen is learning this too. Like mm. it does do a reset. And sometimes you need three breaths like that, but just resetting your nervous system. It sounds like so stupid. And it's, it's weird to think that that's what helps you be a better lover. But it does because it helps you be more present and more in your body. Even though you think like tension is in your body, it lets you really be in your body because it can be in the most relaxed state possible. So I love that that's your first step. Yeah, it's how you release tension. It's like mm -hmm. it's the only way. Right. And that's part of sex. Sex is a huge part of also relieving tension, right? A hundred percent. And I mm -hmm. remember reading like Tools of Titans. I love Tim Ferriss and he interviews yeah. all the most successful people in the world. And the thing that just kept coming up for me was meditation. Meditation. Everyone said meditation changed their life. What is meditation? Breathing. It's you consciously connecting to your breath. So yeah, that alone can be life-changing to realize, whoa, I'm not connected to my body at all, ever. Maybe not for the last 10 years, you know? Yeah. And now when they start to breathe, when they're feeling stressed, they're like, I had to stop 50 times today, you know? And that's like, yeah. now they're gaining the awareness. Holy shit, I've been living my life completely out of my window of tolerance, like mm -hmm. burning the candle at both ends. And yeah, you can't live a happy life in that way. And you definitely can't have yeah. a good sex life. Well, because you're also not allowing yourself to be turned on, right? If you're living in this tense space, it leaves little room for attraction, for a spark of, you know, sexuality. I know that for me, when I'm stressed, the last thing I'm thinking about is sex. Same thing with my husband. Last thing he's thinking about is sex. So if you can put yourself into a more relaxed state, and then learn how to do that for others as well by you being in a more relaxed state. That's like a turn on for both of you. A hundred percent. You can't turn a yeah. woman on when you're in anxiety. When and you're fear. like a ball of anxiety. <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on, have an erection or, or have a, sorry, like finish. You know, yeah. you're just like, you're tense all the, the time. You can't even spit out the right words like I'm doing right now. But okay, let's go to number two because I, I love that tip. Yeah. So the next thing would be connecting to yourself in a new way right? Like I said before, men are so used to just visual stimulation. They're watching porn, hand on their penis. Like that's the only way that they experience pleasure. And what I try to invite men to do is start to connect to their whole body. 
So, and then using a breath technique to get used to what it means to like move your sexual energy. So instead of just like, okay. you know, this is going to be a tough image for you, but like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like right. hovering over your computer chair and just like feverishly masturbating to porn. It's like, no, you're taking these big breaths. You're touching all over your body to, ah, you know, and this is something men are like, what are you telling me to do? You know, like this is so foreign to them, connecting to their body. Even the idea, like at first, this is a really hard practice for men. Like men don't like touch themselves, you know, like this is, feels like a woman thing to do. But that's because we're so disconnected, right? We don't even yeah. think we can pleasure ourselves, our bodies. Like that. that's... Or that it's too feminine to yeah, like touch gay, your arms or right? touch like, it. Right, exactly. It's yeah. so ridiculous. So we also have to break that stigma, that shame, mm -hmm. that guilt that somehow is like put on us that we're not supposed to be in pleasure. Men don't make noises mm -hmm. like that. That's like for women. So step two is like breaking that shame and being able to connect to your body in a whole new way. Also part of this is just like no porn consumption as well. Yeah. And then step three is knowing your arousal. So starting to stimulate yourself when you do get into genital touch in a way that is like an edging practice as opposed to previously, if they're just masturbating to porn, would be how quickly can I get to ejaculation because ejaculation is the goal. And so step three would be an edging practice where you're learning about your edge and that point of no return. So instead of going to the edge and going over and ejaculating, you're like, oh, that's too far. So understanding where that point is so you can mm -hmm. make sure you slow down if you're getting close to there and speed up if you're going too low and you want to get closer to ejaculation. So actually understanding what's going on while you're stimulating yourself is going to be mm -hmm. a huge key to being able to control it. And then the fourth step is creating like an ejaculation kind of replacement. This is like one of my secret techniques where you can start to let go of this idea that you need to ejaculate during sex. So you can like remove that performance, that goal-oriented sex mindset and actually just be like free. And that enables you to enjoy pleasure in a completely different way where you're feeling full body pleasure and you're not like trying to get to the end you're just able to sit in comfort in control give your partner as much pleasure as you want and then experience it yourself if you want to i love that i think that's great so i think so guys who are listening i think those are four great steps to follow it's breathe it's get to know your body it's learn your edge and then it oh, sorry what was the last one again shoot well the fourth step is really like more of the same right but disconnecting from the end goal that's yeah. what it was it, yes. it's more yeah, about yeah. knowing that you don't have to ejaculate during sex and that can put you in complete control yeah and that relaxes you all of that i think because there there is a lot of pressure i was watching uh the new sex in the city and this is something I'm just becoming aware of, like these penis pumps that like men, when they get older, sometimes either have implanted or there's like an outside penis pump that you can have to get an erection to help you. And the episode was 
about this guy saying, I have to do this. Are you okay with it? Like she was, she's 50 plus the woman. And she's like, yeah, okay. I've never seen this before, but let's do it. But I, I would say most often that isn't the response from women. So again, there's like another level of shame for guys. So how do guys get around like changes in their body that are affecting them? How do they get around bringing that up to the women that they're sleeping with? And like, how do you bring women into your world and making them okay with whatever it is that you have to deal with is my question. Yeah. Thank you so much for that question. It's a really important one for me. I also want to just say, like, I have guys I work with in their 50s and 60s who have amazing erections and the best sex of their life. So I just want to say, like, I don't want men to think, oh, I'm turning 40, I'm turning 50, I'm getting old. Right. It's downhill. And then then I'm fucked, you know? And it's like, you're not. It's not. You're not at all. And you need to take care of yourself. You need to learn a lot of new things and maybe unlearn a lot of things. But like, you're probably good. So don't like read something online and freak out and just be like, oh, my sex life is over. I'm 50. Like, it doesn't have to be that way at all. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that. But back to your question about sharing with your partner what you're experiencing or what you've experienced in the past. This is something that I tell men to do and they really don't like it, but it can be the key to like releasing that pressure valve because if you're hiding the fact that you have premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, you're like running to the bathroom to put on a cream or take a pill and try and time it, that's pressure. That is like so much extra stress to put on your system. And like you said before, like, the woman's going to feel that. She's going to be like, what's going on with him? Like he's running around. And in my opinion, the best way to mitigate this is to be able to openly share and can say it in a confident way, right? Like, hey, I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about taking it slow. You know, I want to talk about maybe the first time we're intimate to have non-penetrative sex. Like, imagine a man told you that on a date where he's like, hey, I really want to take things slow with you in the bedroom. You'd be like, is this real life? You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to be able to share that. But I think men just want to like knock it out of the park. They want to be the best she's ever had on the first night. But being able to be vulnerable, be like, hey, I actually like to take it slow because sometimes I've gotten performance anxiety in the past especially when I really like the person and I see a long-term future. So would that be something you're open to, to take it slow and explore non-penetrative sex? And when men have the courage to, to share that, it's received so well. And be honest with me, how does it feel you hearing that? It depends how much I like the person. Yeah. That's the honest truth, right? But I think as I am, listen, I'm, I've been in a, 19 year relationship. So I haven't had different partners. So I haven't been face to face with somebody bringing that up. I would be very open to that and accepting of that. Mm -hmm. And if it was framed in that way, where it was like for people that I like, you know, it's like, oh, you like me. And if I liked him, I'd be like, great, that's awesome. But I'm going to throw this back to Kristen because if the woman doesn't like the guy as much, or there are some women who have not done work on themselves who That may feed into their insecurities, which they may. What do you call a person who speaks three languages? Trilingual, right, you got it. Someone who speaks two, bilingual, obviously. And someone who speaks one, American. 
Only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. So start learning a new language this fall and be the exception, not the rule. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. And you know what doing something interesting like this does for you? It raises your confidence. The more skills you have, the better you'll feel about yourself. So this fall, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel and increase that confidence. Here's a special offer that we have. It's a limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash askwomen. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash askwomen. That's spelled B as in boy, A-B-B-E-L dot com slash askwomen. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think the right intentions could be interpreted incorrectly depending on who you're dealing with. So I think you need to read the room and know the woman that you're possibly, you know, going to be saying this to. I do know in my last relationship, it was the best sex I've ever had in my entire life. And I thought we would probably have it the first day we met because we had had such in-depth, great phone conversations. And we did end up having it the first night we met, but there was a small discussion of not. And him basically saying he didn't want to because he was so interested in me. And so that was a huge turn on for me. Like that basically made me want to have sex. And I did know about him that he had a little bit of a reputation for having many partners. So I was a little bit on guard. Like, ah, you know, I don't want to just be some girl that he's just, you know, hooking up with again. But our intention was so intense in that moment. Him expressing that to me made me go, okay, you know what? I will just be some girl tonight that does hook up with him because it was taken so well. But we ended up dating, you know, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. So, you know, it worked out. He expressed it, but he also has great confidence, carries himself incredibly well does not feel insecure, doesn't feel nervous. 
feels, you know, like the most in control guy sexually. And so it was all the right things coming together at the right time. So I think it does have to be situational. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I just want to give something back to you guys and to the men listening. If you do share that with someone and it's not well received, good. Don't have sex with yeah, them. I think so too. I right? agree. Like that's not going to work out anyway. Right. And that's not a healthy partner possibly. That it's you're not who to. I want to have sex with. It's why you're afraid to have sex with that person in the first place. Because you think they might yeah, actually no, have a right. negative reaction. You're absolutely right. If that's a lot of women, like don't have sex with a lot of those women. Yeah, it is interesting because so Kristen and I, we work with a lot of guys and a lot of the guys that I am working with recently, they always tell me about how they have these not dual personality. What is it called? Like not, it's not bipolar. Anyway, they end up getting into relationships with women who suck basically, right? (laughs) 